Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 42 of He Book, She Book. I'm Mike. And I'm Becca. And today is an all AEW episode. We are going to get right into full gear, another amazing pay-per-view that AEW put on. Yeah, just banger after banger. It was probably four or five hours long. It was so good from start to finish. It always is. They're so good at putting on pay-per-views, and just the cards that they choose are amazing. Well, this is what happens when you put time into actual storytelling. Yes. And you actually have arcs, and like there's different characters that you care about, Mm -hmm. and certain characters that you despise. And this was just the culmination of so many different storylines and different feuds one of which being just over two years long of just a journey for hangman adam page which we'll get to but yeah just an amazing show again from aew full gear is i mean it it started off so hot with darby allen and MJF. Yeah, like how do you open the show i mean obviously you want to open the show with something that's going to be catchy but this match after this match, I was like, how does anything follow that? It was, you, yeah. It, it was, was so good. Just a fantastic, I mean, these two meshed so well together, and they did have, again, actual storytelling for weeks. MJF, I mean, they, the alleged backstage assault mm-hmm. uh, from the Pinnacle, and then you had MJF just really carrying the feud for a couple weeks, just digging and digging yes. and digging at, at Darby Allen, and... You know, the culmination everyone had hoped would be Darby Allen finally gets to give MJF his comeuppance and didn't turn out that way. But listen, I wanted Darby Allen to win. I am obsessed with that man. It didn't happen that way, but it's fine that MJF won this match. It didn't take anything away from this match. We've said it time and time again, just because Darby Allen lost, he didn't lose anything. That does not mean that he lost anything by losing this match. And I'll tell you what, I am not a fan of like, roll up, roll up, roll up, roll up. And like, they started this man they had this back-to-back roll-up and i remember looking at you and being like seriously like with these guys we're just going to do these like pitiful back-to-back roll-ups and then they started rolling around the ring and i thought this was one of the most incredible things i've ever seen Yeah, it was like 50 straight roll-up attempts you had the referee just furiously counting he must have counted the mat a hundred times in like a two minute span his hands must have been killing him and yeah, I mean, it was just a, a fantastic match. Darby again with that suicide dive is so the nasty. The coffin drops. The coffin drops again. Like my stomach drops to my toes every time that man leaves wherever he's jumping off of because it wasn't just the top rope. He like at one point I was so thankful that MJF moved over. No, MJF. This is the one on the outside, right? Yes. Bro, yes. MJF just literally just sat up and like like caught darby uh-huh. allen on the outside and it was just like it it had to have just killed darby's lower back anyway and i'm sure it didn't feel good for mjf but i'm just watching i was like thank god mjf got up a little bit and like tried to and like helped yeah he helped us because otherwise we were sitting there like oh, well darby allen's gonna die yeah, he's and- coffin diving too far away he's gonna get hurt and oh god it was just so good all around at one point the the crowd was chanting fight forever and i like could not have agreed more i could have this whole pay-per-view could have just been them yeah it was, it was it, amazing it was a great match and i love when heels tell the truth mm-hmm. and i love when heels call their shots yeah and mjf gets that ring on knocks darby out clean 
and wins with a headlock takeover like he said he would. I like that he tried to get Darby to, like, uh, one, we, he tried to get him to, to DQ himself because he got Darby's skateboard and gave Darby the skateboard and then just sat down in the ring and was like, hit me, hit me, hit me. And Darby looked like he was going to hit him, and then he hands the skateboard off to the ref. But I like that he was trying to get him to use a weapon and to do something that he shouldn't do and like to be the bad guy and Darby was like no like I'm gonna you know, good overcomes and he gives the skateboard back to the ref and then as soon as that ref has his back turned out comes that ring just bam down ring goes away MJF with the wind just like he said he would and it was flawless yeah, this whole match this story is not over no, because no, and I'm, I'm Darby, so excited for the next chapter. Yeah, Darby has to get that win back. We did have uh, Sean Spears and Wardlow were making their way down to the ring, mm-hmm. and then Sting kind of comes out and makes the save. But yet, MJF gets the win. I loved it. I I wanted MJF to get this win because I think it's better when the heel gets that first one. And yeah, then we can have Darby get like the you know the the capper on the story at some point because mm-hmm. I think we do like a, either a false count anywhere or like a no disqualification match to actually end this feud because MJF has to get his ass kicked at some point. I think and a no Darby, disqualification would be perfect because uh, Darby has want to use weapons. Yeah, and Darby has to jump off something tall. Yeah, right. And he, he always and that's what I'm like. It, it felt almost like Darby was restricted. Darby's a yeah. great wrestler. And but when he's like confined to that squared circle, it, it's almost like I mean that coffin drop to the outside was just all of insane. his coffin drops are insane, and they just like, like I'm saying to you every time he is up wherever he is about to coffin drop off of, my stomach is literally just like in my in my toes, like I'm just uh, panicking, and then it's just beautiful and flawless, and I just I loved everything about this match. Yeah, but just like in order to get everything out of this because of how personal mjf mm-hmm. made this feud and now he gets this ridiculous win and just an insulting win with that headlock takeover victory darby's gonna have to do something major and it's, it's got to be either false card anywhere or no disqualifications or maybe we do like a three-on-three where sean spears can be involved uh, and wardlow but yeah just an amazing way to start off full gear seriously and, and how do you follow that but it just, I don't know how we were supposed to follow that. And thank God it was FTR and the Lucha Bros because that was a good match as well, but it was something that was a little bit lighter for us to follow such a banger for of sure. a match. And we, uh, Tully Blanchard was with FTR and Alex Abrahantes, is that right? Yeah. He was with the Lucha Bros and the, the Lucha Brothers got the wins here. Yeah, I mean, they. You still have FTR as your yes triple A uh-huh. <laughs> champions, right? Um, so they don't. They still have those belts. I love that they have one of their knee pads is the United States flag, and the other is the Mexican flag. I just find it so, like, it's yeah, not supposed to be insulting. Amusing, though. Yeah, it's it's very it's just very funny that like they are the representatives of Mexico, mm-hmm. and then you have the Lucha Bros who are the representatives of AEW, and yeah, just I mean, those two teams have so much chemistry. And the Lucha Brothers are incredible. FTR is incredible. And, yeah, FTR can't quite get this one. Nope. But, again, I don't think that one should be done either. Um, I mean, there's just... FTR is going to go to AAA Mm -hmm. and defend their titles eventually again. Um, The Lucha Bros, I don't know who is next for them in terms of, like, the AEW tag division. Uh, But 
the Lucha Brothers get their victory, and then that leads us into the Eliminator Tournament Finals. Talk about a brutal match. Miro versus Brian Danielson, and I found myself leading up to this pay-per-view wanting Miro to win, knowing full well that he shouldn't, because Brian Danielson should get this victory. And it's funny because Miro wasn't even in this tournament nope. until John Moxley recused himself, and we now have Miro taking his spot. And like when Miro won against Orange Cassidy, we were saying, okay, Orange Cassidy wasn't supposed to win anyway. No. It was supposed to be John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. So we assumed that the winner of this would come out. We did not assume the winner that the the replacement was going to be Miro, and that changed the game. Well, Miro's promos, like if Miro had debuted in AEW this way, I, I it, he had that weird like introduction where he was Kip Sabian's best man, and he was just this fun, yes, he was happy fun, go lucky video game playing. Changed and then he changed. He changed a few times. This whole like the Redeemer mm-hmm. and how you have to say goodbye to your wife so I can see mine. Like the one liners that yes. Miro is dropping. Like, uh, if you would have told me two years ago that Rusev was going to get released from the WWE and then it would be his promos that changed the game for him, I would have said, you're crazy. Yeah. This dude is killing it. This man As is the crazy. Redeemer. And Brian Danielson is going to get this win after, like, a just a brutal D, uh, DDT that Brian Danielson turns into a submission so that uh, the referee just calls it off. Like, we have now it's become canon, basically that Miro's neck is his weakness. Yes. And if you can get to his neck, and that's how Sammy Guevara beat him for the mm-hmm. TNT Championship, Brian Danielson wins with basically a DDT. Yeah, like, that's insane. This whole thing was insane because I have seen Brian Danielson as Daniel Bryan versus Rusev yes. a, a bunch of times. You know what I didn't know? That Brian Danielson had never beat Rusev, or Daniel Bryan had never beat Rusev. So here we have... Brian Danielson versus Miro going into it as these men like they've these men have crossed paths so many times and Miro has always been the one to come out victorious so then I'm going oh shit is Daniel Bryan about to lose this this final like did they just completely change it up when Miro got added in here like is Miro going to win I would have done it just straight up for real especially when uh Brian Daniel you know Brian Danielson is kicking Miro and he, he's known for his kicks. He's kicking Miro, and Miro is just standing there, hitting himself after the kicks, being like, more, more, more. Like, he wants more of these kicks, and and it's taking everything out of Brian Danielson. And then Miro just one kick drops Brian Danielson, gets up, does it again. Again, one Miro kick just drops him. And I'm sitting there the whole time like, damn, Miro's about to take this. Like, he's about to take this tournament. This match was brutal brutal so hard-hitting yeah i mean for what this match was and for what we knew was going to be coming from the main event of this match Mm -hmm. i thought you know it's brian danielson is the obvious victory just or the obvious winner here in like a vacuum of like if you want to have the biggest name in the main event fighting for the championship the obvious person you put in that match and to have coming out of that match is brian danielson right but god damn man like miro is just I'm, I've become such an even bigger fan of his, way bigger than I was as like a Rusev fan. I feel like WWE... Rusev, Which is crazy because you loved Rusev. I did because he got himself over. The Happy Rusev Day thing was so over. It sold merch like crazy. I and have he, that shirt. He got over in a huge way. And WWE, it, again, it's proven that they just don't know how to 
handle when guys get themselves over and that yeah. they'll just completely drop the ball. And AEW has taken that ball, and really Miro has taken that ball and is just becoming a real main event player for AEW, a guy that you can put into basically the finals of an Eliminator tournament yes. and you think, oh, okay, that's that makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. it made sense. And this match was so good that we thought he was going to win this tournament after just being thrown into it. Yeah, like, he's replacing John Moxley yeah. in this tournament and sued, and it was completely fine. It was. Ugh. It didn't make me miss John Moxley. Be like, oh man, I wish John Moxley was in this match. It made me think, like, damn, Rusev or Miro should have been in this match to be from the beginning. With. Yeah, and it made me be like, why isn't he the winner of all of these? Like, why wasn't he from it from the very beginning to the end? Had he been in it, I probably would have thought that he was going to win over. I mean, I I knew from the jump that Daniel Bryan was going to win this. Of course, and, you know, and that but, leads him into, he is now your number one contender yes. for the AEW World Champion, and where does it leave Miro, is the question, because Miro keeps talking about how, I mean, like, the storyline is it's basically so funny. that Lana has locked Rusev out of his house, right. I guess, or like, he, he the whole thing. He keeps talking about his wife, my wife, my his wife, His wife and his god are the mm-hmm. only things he cares about, and the only things, like, he only wants to please his god and his wife eventually she has to show up she's got to show up we know who she is like and she's got to like if we're just going to keep handing miro these losses she has to be the one to come in and motivate him yes she's gonna those victories this is my thought she is going because he's getting all of these losses she is going to come in as his manager and turn that around and she's going to be like the missing piece and guess what the only time I liked Lana was when she was the ravishing Russian, the manager of Rusev. Well, yeah, and I am here for that. She's great at it. And she can she's just so be good at it. that motivating muse yes. for Miro, especially if she's in his corner. Mm-hmm. Just unleash the man and get Lana here as soon as possible. Just to give, give me just that to give high that little type bit. on that she has <laughs> and let's go. Like, no. let's go. Well, no, we can't do like... Just come out as, like, what's her, sir, CJ? Yeah, is her CJ. Name? Like, just come out as CJ or something. Because like, we know this woman is on Twitter all, or I'm sorry, on Instagram all the time. I, mean, like, I think she she is, she's on all of them at this point. She has not been, like, the ravishing Russian in a while. And the, and the Russian accent no, but has I never want, worked for me. I want her to have that attitude, not that character. Yes, she yeah. needs that attitude because that's what made that character. So I need her to come out with just this, like, boss bitch attitude and just ready to take over and be like that's my man and he's the champ and i'm gonna show you that this is how we do it and she's gonna get it done and he's gonna get it done and it's gonna be great well we're gonna go a little bit out of order because you said boss bitch and the boss bitch of aew remains dr Britt baker dmd Mm -hmm. as she takes on ty conti your number one contender and ty conti is a very good like baby face character she's very happy she's very mm-hmm. dancey yes, she she's beautiful she gets like the crowd behind her she's not the greatest in ring but she does have that legitimate judo background i'll tell you what this match makes wasn't like, a, like awful no of course this match was was great it for was what very it was. good and you had ty conti taking risks she's jumping mm-hmm. off the top rope to the outside and she got a lot of good offense in and it took the help of rebel and jamie Hayter for dr Britt baker dmd to get that win and she does yeah. And she gets it. This match, I'll say, went five minutes too long because there was a point where Rebel and Jamie Hayter are distracting the referee 
and it leads to Britt Baker getting a curb stomp on Ty Conti onto the stairs. And then Britt Baker rolls Ty Conti back into the ring. Instead of just pinning her, she tries to submit her. She tries to get the lockjaw in. And then, like, Conti rolls... That's her move, though. Yeah, but, like, Conti, like, reverses that into a pinfall, and then, like, that doesn't go. And it just... It felt like the match lost a ton of momentum in that moment. And then, eventually, we do get the victory for Britt Baker. But, like... And she remains just the top female on that roster right and, she, well she is she's so good of course and we and we still have the tbs tournament uh the tbs title tournament uh will continue after full gear where i mean we have like we there's so much to discuss with that but it it's kind of been on hold right so it basically back up on wednesday yeah and you know you still have people like jade cargill and ruby soho and nyla rose still in this tournament and you know they're fighting to be the boss bitch of tbs yeah but for right now, Britt Baker is untouchable. I don't... I mean, Thunder Rosa has to be the one, I feel like, to take that title off of her because Thunder Rosa beat her. She's the only one yeah. that's really beaten and Britt Baker in We didn't a long talk time. about this, but Thunder Rosa also dominated in the pre-show of this pay-per-view. She's over, man. She's the crowd loves over, her. She's sure. got that same spunky energy as Ty Conte. Right. And, I mean, it doesn't count on the record books for her, but she had that, um, that victory against Britt Baker like a year ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean... She just continues to put on bangers. It doesn't matter who her opponent is. Uh, and then her boyfriend, on the other side of things, right. is with the Young Bucks. Adam Cole, the super click, take on Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Christian Cage. And my favorite part of this was that Adam Cole still gets his own entrance. Yeah, for real. Uh, I, Christian did too, but his entrance is not as cool as Adam Cole's. No. So it was very nice that the Young Bucks came out and then next Adam Cole came out yeah, with his own entrance. There is too much crowd participation to take Adam Cole's entrance away yes, from us. The I same thing as like Chris Jericho has to come out and has to get a full Judas entrance. Yes. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense. You have to do it that way when somebody has an entrance that is like interactive with the crowd and those two are the prime examples of that but this was a falls count anywhere match which i love because it always makes the match more brutal than it even needs to be yeah there were a lot of risks being taken in this match we had tables we had ladders we had trash cans we had christian cage in his mid 40s jumping off of like just in the crowd jumping off of like the tunnel like from 10 feet up yes and meanwhile guys, one of them was like trying to climb the entrance at one point but it ended up actually being it worked yeah it did end up working. Yeah, you had jungle boy trying to climb the mm-hmm. entrance adam cole brings him down adam cole tries to climb the entrance hits a hits the uh, panama sunset on that off of that like on the stage you had luchasaurus doing a shooting star press off of the stage into a crowd this match was wild jungle boy ends up pinning Either Matt Jackson or Nick yeah, Jackson. One who, of the honestly, young <laughs> who honestly knows? But th- it's so funny they look nothing alike. No, and I still can't figure out which one's which. The story of this match to me was earlier in the match. Christian Cage is going to do the concerto to whoever's on the mat at the time, and he gives the the chair to Jungle Boy like a father handing the shotgun to his son to hunt his first deer. Yeah, right. It's like all right, if like I don't need to kill him, you prove it. You kill him, and Jungle Boy hesitates. Mm-hmm. The match ends on the stage with Christian Cage about to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And Jungle Boy takes that chair out of Christian Cage's hand, says, let me do it. He does it, and he gets the pinfall victory, and you have Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Christian Cage get the win over the super click here, mm-hmm. which we'll see later on in the night. Not Adam Cole, but we'll see the Young Bucks later on. And 
I mean, this match was awesome. Now, I do like that we see the Young Bucks later. We had Adam Cole have his own entrance because it kind of makes you, it makes it seem like Adam Cole is not glued to this super click. Like, he is not. And this yes. is, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. With Bobby we teased Fish. it mm-hmm. because on, what was it, Dynamite or Rampage? One of, one them. of the two. Adam Cole is going to introduce one of his friends yeah. to the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's Bobby Fish. Right. Who as we know, was once part of the Undisputed Era with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and then later Roddy Strong in NXT. The rumors running rampant are that Kyle O'Reilly's contract is coming up soon, possibly in December. And the Young Bucks tell Bobby and Adam Cole that it is not to be disputed that they are the top in their division and the top of their era. And just like those little, I love that shit, man, just those little hints of like, hey, Things happened outside of AEW. Right. It's like like WWE can like they have their universe literally. Yes, literally. And nothing a happens outside of that universe. But AEW acknowledges even things that were that were WWE specific. Canon. Yes. And if I mean if there was any better way mm-hmm. to get Adam Cole away from the Super Click, it's to get Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly into AEW, reunite the original three uh-huh. of the Undisputed Era, and have them go against the Young Bucks and Kenny. It would be awesome. And it's funny, too, because on Rampage... Now, we didn't really talk about Dynamite or Rampage on this episode because Full Gear is just too good to waste and a lot any of, time. a lot of Dynamite and Rampage had, like, nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with, full gear with Full Gear either, which is uh, honestly odd. But on Rampage, Jungle Boy and Bobby Fish had a match. And Adam Cole came out to help Bobby Fish. Well, yeah, he hates Jungle Boy that much and... There's history. Yes. So, like, it, we're already building up that we had that history outside of AEW and that they are still friends. We've made it known. He's introducing his one friend to his young mm-hmm. buck friends. And, and you know, we're, we're building up to where it could potentially be the original Undisputed versus the Young Bucks. And it's going, it's just going to be, or against the Elite in general, it's going to be awesome. And... AEW is so good at like doing something like this and building this to where we see it coming and it's going to be better than we expect. Well, just, just drop those little subtle hints. And, exactly. And, you know, we're going to talk more about this in a second because we still have to get to the main event, which has just so many different implications. But we also, we had Malachi Black and Andrade Alitalo take on Cody and Pac. And this match happened. I'll say that. Yeah. Like in the in the grand scheme of things... And how great this card was, and how many bangers there were. This match took place. Yes, thank you for the bathroom break. Like, and I love everyone in this match. Yeah, crazy that I was not more drawn to this ma- match. I love Malachi Black. I love Pack. Andrade, amazing. Cody is Cody. Cody's Cody. Yes, you can't yeah. like Cody's Cody. This. This happened. It yeah, could have like, been something bigger than what it was. I thought it was going to be, but in comparison to all of the other matches, like this match, it just, just it kind of fell existed. flat just because of like yeah, because every other match had a real story and like the 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 Malachi Black Cody story felt like it was over already, but it's not. And now Pax right, involved and, and Andrade involved. Still kind of confused by the Malachi Andrade thing. Like their friends. Are they going to be like a thing? Pac has made it very known that like he's only here for this match. He's not here to be friends with Cody. He's here for this feud. And 
uh, we don't even know what's coming next for them. No, um, but what's coming up next now is CM Punk and Eddie Kingston, which yeah. for for the fact that this is basically a two week build, this had one of the best builds on the card. Yeah. The the just real life animosity being brought up between the two mm-hmm. from going like back, twenty like, years yes, ago. Going back twenty years. And the passion of Eddie Kingston and that man. Like the you know, CM Punk CM Punk got booed in this match. Yes. M- more than once. Which is crazy. And the crowd was very behind Eddie Kingston. And it's it's guys like that that the crowd gets behind just naturally. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about Eddie Kingston that's over the top except for the fact that he is just normally this way. Yes, he is a he's so he is just angry, and angry New Yorker. But like he's just so like he does it in such a captivating way where you're just like behind him. Yeah. Even if you don't know what's happening, like I don't know about their feud from 20 years ago, but I'm pissed at Punk for it. Yeah, because like, you know I, that Eddie has struggled. Yes. And Eddie ha- was never the guy, and Eddie had a ton of potential, but like there was just always a reason why he wasn't given opportunities. And he gets this huge opportunity to face CM Punk, and in the build to this, it really felt like the role reversal of CM Punk and John Cena right. from 10 years ago where CM Punk set, told John Cena that you have become what you hate. You mm-hmm. have become the New York Yankees. And that set off the feud at Money in the Bank to one of the greatest matches in the history of, of wrestling. And in this match, CM Punk's John Cena. Yeah, and- To the extent yeah. that CM Punk pulls out the five moves of Doom, Shoulder block, shoulder block, suplex, and then puts the hand up like he's going to go for the five-knuckle shuffle. Mm-hmm. The crowd goes nuts. CM Punk's just eyeing the camera bleeding. Oh, my God. Profusely bleeding from the head. Like, the had, whole time. If you had shown me that 15 seconds or told me that this 15 seconds was going to happen a year ago, I would have said you're out of your mind. Right. But CM Punk, who also, we, we skipped over the fact that he is not in trunks, he is not in pants, he is in shorts i'm so pissed off because we always have like the pay-per-view cards where we actually like take points and we have our whole thing and a lot of people know what this card is yeah pw scorecards on twitter yes and we love it we have so much fun doing that one of the things was is punk going to be in trunks or is punk going to be in pants and let me tell you this rat bastard (laughs) comes out in shorts and i never ever ever maybe one time in the 10 years that we've been doing this have won against you yeah ever in these these match cards i've said it before if you've been listening to us from the beginning i play with my heart i don't care i play with my heart i want certain people to win darby allen should have won that match because i love him but i won this one and i was so mad like i was like i could have gotten more points had this man just (laughs) been in pants like i don't understand i picked trunks we were both wrong and yeah i mean we also had um some eddie guerrero tributes and a lot of eddie guerrero tributes yeah throughout the night like Mm -hmm. um there there were numerous people doing different eddie guerrero tributes uh cm punk being one of them and i mean CM Punk ends up getting this win. Of course. Over Eddie Kingston. And it's not surprising, right? It's not something that we're like, oh man, what an upset. Like, CM Punk was going to win this match. Yeah. CM Punk, I don't know when he's going to lose his first match, but it wasn't going to be versus Eddie Kingston here. Mm-mm. And maybe it will be eventually against Eddie Kingston. Because I think right now, and we've talked about it, when will we get 
heel CM Punk, aka uh, the best be soon, CM Punk, right? aka the not happy to just be here and want to help the young people CM Punk. The fact that the crowd was booing him in this match yeah. is the perfect reason yeah. for CM Punk to turn heel. Why on earth? CM Punk is here for the fans. Yeah. CM Punk is just trying to put on a good show. He's trying to win back the fans that he lost for going away for seven years. Mm -hmm. And he's done all this. He's doing the crowd surfing. He's giving away ice cream bars. And the crowd has the audacity to boo this man. Yeah, I can't wait to see In what Dynamite's going to be like. In of Eddie Kingston. Mm -hmm. Like, this has, like, that same Becky Lynch pissed off, like, how dare you boo me. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it because it's going to happen on Dynamite or Rampage. You know he's going to make a comment. Punk's big thing is talking. He comes out and he talks every single yep. time. Every time he'll come out and he'll talk. And then either he has a backstage promo or he has an in-ring promo. And he is always commenting on something. He is 100% in the near future going to comment on the fact that the crowd booed him. And the fact that the crowd cheered Eddie Kingston who refused to shake CM Punk's hand yes. at the end of this match. And, yeah, I want a real heel turn. I don't want, like, a subtle, like, oh, you can pick your side. I want CM Punk real heel turn yeah. against Eddie Kingston. And then have build up Eddie Kingston as the babyface in this. Have yeah. CM Punk attack Eddie Kingston. Do whatever he needs to do. It, it's kind of like attack the fans. poetic for their, like, their feud, their real-life feud comes full circle if Punk is the person that now sees the potential that Eddie Kingston has and helps build him up in the wrestling world. Of course, and, like, CM Punk could be the guy that... I mean, Eddie Kingston's already over. He doesn't need somebody else to put him over. Yeah, but yes, I agree with that. I don't think this is done. The fact that Eddie Kingston didn't shake his hand makes me think it's not done even more. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there's just... There's a lot of meat on this bone for this to go a lot of different ways. And we know that neither one of them is going to be in any title picture anytime soon because we have the... AEW title picture figured out. We have the TNT title picture figured out, which we're going to talk to talk about in just one second. But there's a lot that is still to be done with CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Speaking of the TNT title, we do know who's next for Sammy Guevara because we found out that Jay Lethal is announced as All Elite. Yeah, Tony Schiavone comes out and he's got a big announcement to make and AEW loves making big announcements. Yeah, right? and it was so weird because it was like right after a match, right before the main event, he just comes out with Jay Lethal like, hey, he's All Elite now. It was just, yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, Tony Schiavone announces that Jay Lethal's here. And we're like, okay, yeah, that's very, right. very random. Because, I mean, this is, a, this is a big signing for AEW and it's not going to get like the the mainstream press that like Adam Cole and CM Punk and Brian Danielson were. But this is huge in terms of like the impact to indie wrestling. Cause Jay Lethal, 36 years old, he's been in the game for like 20 years, has been one of the go-to like greats of the independent scene for the last 20 years. And which we've talked about a couple weeks ago, he is the franchise for ring of honor. Yeah. And the fact that he's not only just here at full gear, but he is all elite. He has signed. Mm -hmm. with AEW. I don't know where that leaves Ring of Honor because, I mean, Jay Lethal is Ring of Honor. And he was the, I mean, one of the most decorated champions in Ring of Honor history. He's here. And not only is he here, but he wants a championship. Yeah. 
And so he why wants, not the TNT? He wants the TNT championship, and he challenges Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara accepts, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think we're getting that on Dynamite. I love that he was like, I'd say tonight, but you just had a brutal match, and then Sammy Guevara is like right there, and I was like, yeah. is this boy about to accept this match? Because he needs to go sit down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he, I love Sammy. That boy has the most potential. He accepts. We get Jay Lethal. What a random just thing to set up. But yeah, we get Jay Lethal versus... Santa Guevara on Dynamite, and that was right after the Inner Circle took on the Men of the Year and the American Top Team. And guess what, guys? I had the best nap during this match. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. This just, we've talked about it on the podcast, it's just we didn't care about the feud as much. Like, I get Dan Lambert's great at getting the crowd riled up. Yeah, and I got to hear Fozzie's song play. You know, I, I listened to Judas, and then I was like, all right, take a nice little nap before the main event. And it, it was a fun match. Yeah. It was fine. Jer- Chris Jericho gets the win over Dan Lambert. And, you know, Jer- uh, Chris Jericho also did his tribute to Eddie Guerrero with the Frog Splash to get the victory. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I hope this is done. I just, I don't care about... This this whole intermingling of the American Top Team with Men of the Year and professional wrestling in general, it just that kind of stuff just doesn't click with me. Uh, but you know, to each their own. I liked the match; the match was very fun. Uh, but a more fun match, the match, the main event of the night, two years in the making. It is so crazy to me that like. Just coming full circle with this, we opened with MJF and Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. That could have been a main event. Oh, of course. That match was so good, it could have been a main event. And the main event tonight was Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW Championship. And, like, kind of forgot Darby and MJF even happened. Yeah, this match, I mean, it's the story has been told a dozen times. There's so many clips and videos and vignettes and promos on YouTube that you can find to explain this whole feud that has been going on since the inception of of AEW, the first night that Chris Jericho won the AEW championship uh, instead of Hangman Adam Page. Chris Jericho drops that title to John Moxley. John Moxley drops that title to Kenny Omega. And then we come full circle that Hangman finally gets that next opportunity. That, I mean, if you go back and look at the all out pay per view from like two years ago, the four faces on that card were Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page. Mm-hmm. All three of those have been champion, except for one. Yeah. And that was Hangman Adam Page. And this match was, I mean, it started off with with Cowboy just riding a horse through yeah, the city. Through the city. That was so funny. I looked at you, I was like, how, what is and happening And, like, you see here? Dark Order <laughs> running through the tunnel. Like, they're excited that they're going to watch this match. And, yeah. And Page is going to get his opportunity. And the crowd is is and has been behind Adam Page for months now. Yeah. I mean, and even at one point, the Young Bucks come down, and they're behind Adam Page for some reason. Like, it's it's so, it, it was so flawless, and Hangman gets this win, and he is the new AEW champion. Yeah, you had, you know, so many stories getting wrapped up, and, I mean, it, there was just so much emotion going on with it, and you had, there were moments where I thought, genuinely, that Kenny Omega was going to get this win. Yeah. You had... Adam Page hit the one wing angel on Kenny Omega. The first person to kick out of the one wing angel in AEW is Kenny Omega himself, which is hilarious in its own right. But just the yeah, the last the the closing thirty seconds to a minute of this match, where Hangman is gonna is finally setting up this victory, 
and the Young Bucks come down. And on one side, you have Matt Jackson. You have one side, Nick Jackson. Came, or Adam Page is about to hit the Buckshot Lariat. And one of the Jacksons says, it, it looks like he's going to grab the foot mm-hmm. of Adam Page. And doesn't. Hangman hits his first Buckshot. Then he goes to the other side. He's going to hit another one, really just to put the emphasis on it. And then you're thinking, like, man, they're going to grab his foot. Yeah. And on Rampage, Hangman came up to the Young Bucks, apologized for everything that's happened between them, that they're even. They cost him the AEW championship. He cost them the tag team titles. And to him, they're even. But if they touch him at full gear, he will end them. Yeah. And instead of grabbing the foot, he gets a head nod, like just the approval. Yeah. And he they're hits the buckshot. They're even. It's a clean slate. And he gets the pinfall victory clean in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Hangman Adam Page is finally the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And there was a very nice celebration afterwards where, like, the Dark Order came out and they raised him up. And it, it was just a... He refused the beer. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> he was like, no, they, get out of here. They offer him a beer and he doesn't even want it. Like, no. what an arc. It was very... What a great ending to not only an amazing pay-per-view, but also a very long storyline. And, and it leaves open so many questions. Yes. Of, you know, we know that Kenny has been kind of playing hurt and he's banged up. But, you know, where does he go from here? Does he get a rematch? When do we do the rematch? How do the Young Bucks explain to Kenny that they didn't help him mm-hmm. when he needed it? And how does Brian Danielson play into this now that he is the number one contender for Adam Page. Are we going to do face Brian Danielson versus face Adam Page? Or do we get a heel turn from Brian Danielson? Where does Adam Cole lie in all of this, like, elite mess right. that's going on? There's so many... They they did exactly what they should do and what every show should do. I tell you, AEW they, just has it figured out. They put a bow on stories and then they opened up completely different pathways mm-hmm. to new stories. This... I mean, this was... It's, to me, it was not the best pay-per-view of the year, because I think... Um, I wouldn't say it was the best pay-per-view of the year, but it was another great pay-per-view from AEW. Yes. I mean, they have they have not had a single bad pay-per-view right. this year, and they are completely firing on cylinders. They are keeping up with the signing of major talent by bringing in Jay Lethal and... I mean, who knows who else is going to be on their way. There's still Keith many. Lee is going to be on his way quick. There's so many free agents out there. Um, they, they keep dropping hints that more New Japan people will be making their way over, like Okada. Mm-hmm. We know Tamahiro Ishii is going to be on Dynamite this coming week. And, I mean, the openness that AEW provides to have people coming from different shows. And, I mean, we have, I mean... There are so many things going on in the pro wrestling world, and AEW as is at the center of it because they right. are legitimately professional wrestling. Right. And they are the only professional wrestling company going right now. And they open that quote unquote for forbidden door. They they open that door and just leave it open for anybody to come in and play and leave. And you don't have to sign. You don't have to be all elite to participate on AEW. And that's what makes it better. And that's what makes it more fun. And and we have somebody like Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, who as Daniel Bryan wasn't allowed to be what he is. And yep. he wasn't allowed to hit as hard as he does. And, and, and watching him 
watching him as Brian Danielson is one of just the most beautiful things as a wrestling fan. And the way AEW has created a star out of Hangman Page. Yes. And we know it was the plan. We knew from day one that the idea was, you know, we have Chris Jericho. He's a great way to get casual viewers' eyes to this product. And then we had John Moxley, who can take... I mean, he left WWE and then showed up in AEW not too long after. Mm-mm. So he gets even more eyes on the product. You give the title to Kenny Omega, who brings in all of the people from New Japan that watched him dominate over there for years. And then to finally culminate with, this is our guy. Mm-hmm. Adam Page was in Ring of Honor. He was over in New Japan. But this is our guy. And he is now your world heavyweight champion. Just a fantastic show. A fantastic year that is not over for AEW, but man, they have not only just, like, they started off the year hot, midway through got even hotter, and they continue to put on these just awesome products. They're killing it on every level. For real, they really are. Everything is just amazing. I cannot wait to see what comes after this now with all of these new like things that are opening up all these new paths that we can go down dynamite is going to be awesome rampage is going to be awesome we will be back next monday to cover it make sure that you are following us everywhere at hebook shebook like subscribe and review anywhere that you get your podcast thanks for listening guys